Stephen Machuga. I'm the CEO over at StackUp.org Military Charity. So what inspired you to create StackUp? Uh, how long do we have? <laughs> we <laughs> we the short have answer quite a while, long. yes. I was going to say, I'm like, how, 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 is this like a 10-minute thing? Is this an hour-long thing? Um, so st- I started StackUp uh, back in the day. Uh, so I was in the service, did eight years military, eight years in the army, um, two tours overseas. Uh, one of those tours was in Iraq. Uh, while I was deployed forward to Iraq, uh, I noticed an uptick of well-meaning civilians back home, boxing up random things, trinkets, baby powder and wet wipes and cookies boxed with baby powder and wet wipes. So they tasted like the baby powder and wet wipes they were boxed with um, just random things that people didn't really think too much about, but they were trying to help. And we would get pallets and pallets to the point where it was just connexes full of boxes full of baby powder and wet wipes. And it was like all this money and all this time and energy and all this volunteerism being donated, helping veterans. I was like, boy, this is such a waste of everything of resources. So I'm a big gamer. I have been my entire life. And it's always been one of those things where I just was, Absolutely. When I, so when I got home, I got home and I got out of the service in 2006. Uh, one of my battle buddies who was uh, stayed in, well, got out and then went back in, uh, got shipped off to Afghanistan. And while he was over there, he he knew I had some connections to the games industry. So he reached out and said, hey, could you reach out and see if they would get us an Xbox or a PlayStation or something? Uh, we're kind of losing our minds over here. They closed down our MWR. They're boxing up everything here in our in our FOB, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So I did so, and the response we got back was pretty dramatic. So we so we ended up getting like 2009, 2010 timeframes was back when game industry, game developers and publishers were still going to conventions and, you know, Booth babes were still a thing and they just boxes and boxes of t-shirts and swag and just junk, not junk. One man's trash is another man's treasure, but stuff that they just had moldering away in closets, uh, games that weren't selling well, they'd have boxes of that. And so we, we got pallets of stuff sent to the, to my house. I say, we, uh, it's the Royal. We is this, this guy. And Mm -hmm. so, I boxed all that stuff up and sent it overseas. And the response we got back was pretty like, we got pictures back of my guy doing a um, DJ hero tournament, utilizing a stolen briefing projector off the side of one of those connexes. And they they were smoking cigars and it was just like a really cool thing. I was like, Oh, that's nice. That's really cool. Awesome. I kind of thought that was going to be the end of it. And then, other emails started coming in from units that were to the left and right of my buddy's unit going, well, hey, you got this connection over at Microsoft. What do you think about helping us out? And it just kind of took off from there. And here we are a decade later and stack up uh, is uh, up and running. So <laughs> so that's the uh, that's the origin story. Uh, briefer than normal. But yeah, it's that's that's how it goes. How does it feel that, you know, you still are having an impact uh, helping uh, members of the military? Um, It's funny you mentioned you say it like that, because we're at a point now where 
the veterans we're supporting are numbers on a spreadsheet, which sounds weird, but especially during COVID, we're helping so many veterans that the individual stories have a tendency to get lost in the shuffle. And every and especially during COVID, we weren't seeing anybody. And so you would it would all be emails, it would all be pictures, but there was no human contact. And uh, since we opened up our off our headquarters here in Los Angeles, there's been a lot more interaction with veterans in need. And so it's been a regular reminder of the good that we're doing. But we're sending out a, a dozen of those care packages a month now at this point. So it's we're helping so many people that it's hard to keep track of it. And it's I don't say it's become a game, but obviously as in the games industry, everything gets gamified and this is no different. And it's just like, okay, we're playing, uh, you know, charity simulator 2023 right now. And it's like, all right, let's, sorry. I got, I literally, what, what was that? What was that mobile game? Game dev story. There it is. I got there. My memory sucks. Like it is <laughs> horrific. So the fact that I was able to pull that out of my ass, but yeah, it's like literally game dev story, but it's charity you know, charity SIM 2023. And it's literally just all the little administrative tasks and all the, when I started doing this, I had no intentions of becoming a fundraiser, but that's a lot of what running a charity is. It's just keeping the lights on. So my people can do the work helping veterans, which is okay, but it's, you know, it's not what I wanted to do. I don't want to, I don't want to shake people down for money all day, but it's kind of it's it's business deals and making sure that people are supporting us and it, it's it all works out because at the end of the day my people are able to do their job and that's the important part so well we talked about this uh the other day but you brought up uh you know uh, mental health and what you yeah. do is you know video games are a good way to you know just compress decompress uh, how does that feel? Did you ever think it would be, you know, mental health focused ish? No, not even remotely. Uh, I didn't, I knew. So the word was morale back in the day. It was like, oh, this okay. is raising troops morale and things like, oh, this is great. But it wasn't mental health. Mental health really wasn't something that was talked about when I was in. It was kind of a something you didn't really talk about. You know, you were, you weren't having an anxiety attack. You were a cowardly bitch. And that was it. That was the end of the conversation. It was like, quit being a bitch and get back in there and do your goddamn job. And that was it. That was, that was your counseling session with your senior leadership. <laughs> there was no like, are you feeling sad today? It's like, no, there those conversations weren't happening. So especially overseas, because everybody yeah. felt the same way. Nobody wanted to be there. I mean, except the psychopaths who were like, yeah, let's get us some more. Um. So Yeah. Uh, a mental health organization. Yeah. That again, not the plan. I'm just a gamer. I just love video games and I love spreading that to other people and come to find out that my hobby would just end up taking over the world over the last 20 years in a way that like the super Mario brother movie and Dungeons and Dragons movie released within two weeks of each other and were phenomenal successes in the yeah. box office. And it's like just it, <sighs> It's breathtaking when you have something so right and you're like, you know, I've been getting shoved into my lockers in high school, you know, for playing Dungeons and Dragons and shit. And it's just like, I didn't know I was going to do this. And so it's gaming has always been escapism for me. And when I came back from Iraq, a thousand percent, like I absolutely, I got back 
from Iraq three weeks before the launch of World of Warcraft. And I knew what that game was going to be. Like I, I loved all the RTSs and I was like, Ooh, so there's going to be like a, an EverQuest, but it's like an MMO and it's going to be set in the worker. And boy, I love their, their games are so pretty and well put together. I think they're really going to have something here. <laughs> Surprise. Um, but uh, yeah, that, I literally remember sitting in the parking lot at the uh, Walmart up at Fort Lewis at the time, just waiting for it to open at six in the morning to get my copy of world of Warcraft, all eight, eight dvds or i think it might have been cds at the time but yeah and then that game took over my life uh you want to talk about escapism because i was i was struggling when i came back home the transition for me was not the easiest when you come back from that kind of an environment where you're outside the wire and you're on, on you're patrolling and you're expecting giant mortar rounds would just come dropping in the sky right. at any time, you know, cause my last six months I was, I wasn't patrolling. I wasn't going outside the wire anymore. Thank God. Uh, it was almost like being on vacation, but still it was weird being home and uh, video games played a major role in transitioning me back home. Cause it was something to focus, get me out of bed in the mornings and get me excited about waking up and being a part of something and interacting with a, a unit that wasn't the military. I was in a guild and we were doing raiding stuff and it was just a lot of fun. Like it was enjoyable and I know the value of gaming and I like being able to sh share that message. And every year that goes by more and more people figure that, I mean, the games industry is $250 billion industry now. Uh, you know, so it's, you know, it's outpacing Hollywood and the music industry and there's no getting around how the world has agreed that, hey, there's something behind this gaming thing. You know, Last of Us, one of the biggest launches on HBO. Yep. And it's like, hey, that's I literally had a conversation. You know, I, I did a presentation in front of a bunch of uh, folks over at uh, the American Legion who are extremely behind the times when it comes to everything <laughs> like they're still stuck in korea war mentality where and it's like trying to explain them like hey you know that last of a show that everybody's watching on hbo right now that's a video game guys like yeah so uh there you go <laughs> it's like little little things like that it's like so every year that goes by two things happen we get one year further and further away from 9 11 which makes my job that much harder because as much as people are like hashtag never forget, they have forgotten like right. big time. And uh, we're one year further away from some 65 year old CEO in a fortune 500 company going, well, I don't get gaming, but let me tell you about my 21 year old. Oh my God. It's all he does all day. It's like, yeah, we know those are the, that's the age of the guys who are going in the service right now. That's the age of the guys who are going to be taking over your job eventually and making my life a lot easier when they go, oh, I love League of Legends. It's like, yes, thank you. It's like, I don't have to explain to you, this is a video game and this is why it's good. And yeah, it's like, so it's this weird race that I'm running right now where I'm trying to outlast the people who are in C-level positions like CEO and CFO that don't understand what it is I do and yeah. why video games are important and waiting for their generation to get into positions of authority. So they go, yeah, this is awesome. Here's all the money, which strangely hasn't happened. Like we've gotten more support over the years, but we're still fighting an uphill battle as far as versus more conventional, you're, you're like your wounded warriors and 
red, white, and blues out there, the team yeah. red, white, and blue and team Rubicon where it's like, yes, we do patriotic things with our veterans. And we're like, we do video gaming. It's not exactly the normal, but we're looking to make it the norm. And every year that goes by more and more people get it. And they're like, yeah, this should be normal. I played games while we were over, you know, more and more people play video games, more and more people get the value of what that is. As a matter of fact, our contact for the center for disease control prior to all the COVID nonsense, we did a, we did a study with the center for disease control, uh, the value of gaming and the person who was in charge of our, uh, our side of it is, uh, she was the director of not, they, they consider veteran suicide, a non-infectious disease, which is like interesting. Okay. Um, so she was in charge of that division and she did not understand the gaming angle. She literally was just like, I don't understand. I don't get why people are so into this thing. And then COVID hit. And six weeks later, her husband, huge gamer, and they were locked in together. And she was like sitting there watching him play games and they started playing games together. They started interacting with her. It's all they were doing all day. She got back with us and she was like, I kind of get it now. I'm like, yes. Thank you. <laughs> Justification from, you know, what at the time, one of the most respected, uh, you know, government organizations in the country. So I was like, if they can understand it, it's just getting people, getting people in front of it. So boy, I'm just going off today. I don't know what's going on. I had a lot of sugar to this this morning. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> no, that's good. <laughs> and Cocaine's a hell of a drug, kids. Go ahead. <laughs> You, you brought up a, a good point, you know, with The Last of Us being hit and then Super Mario Brothers taking over it's, the world. And it's now even in uh, what Universal Studios Hollywood and all that. Yeah, yeah. So do you think it is going to make your life easier uh, as oh, yeah. you know, these people get, you know, the 20 year olds, uh, you know, get more say in the world? Yeah, absolutely. And again, it's this weird, it's a weird time to be in the military where the wars that we're fighting right now and supporting aren't exactly popular ones. And I'm not even sure why we're helping the Ukraine. Like there's a lot of big questions. Like there's no real clear enemies right now and joining right. the military is kind of a, eh, I guess you could do that or be a truck driver. Right. And it's, there's not a lot of patriotism. And so the the desire for people to come, go out of their way and help veterans when the economy is in the toilet and everybody is struggling and you know Billy we can't get braces for Billy and we can't keep the electricity on and they're raising the the rent again and we can't certainly can't buy a house it's like charity is something you do when you have an abundance of money and I don't know if anybody else is out there but uh, there's not a lot of that going on right now they, you know so it's been tough but people still no matter how far away we get from 9-11 and no matter how far we get there are still a populate part of the population that bleed red white and blue and they appreciate what we do for our troops and that you know god bless america and god bless the patriotism that we have in this country because there is always a, a part of the population that will support us no matter what wartime yeah. or not you know, active enemy or not is like you support the troops and that's the end of it. And, you know, you stand, stand for the, stand. but uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, we're in a weird spot right now where it's, it's almost like a series of bar graphs where it's like one's going up and one's going down. Like, and uh, we're 
just in the middle of that right now. And I hope we don't. I Hey, best news you could tell me is we don't go to war with anybody else and we start getting this country back on track and we stop feeding the military-industrial complex, but uh, we're too addicted to that. So I have a feeling we just keep finding people to, people to fight. And as long as they do that, they're going to be 18-year-old kids getting put into the grinder and we're going to have to help them out. So that's where we come in. Yeah, what are some of the things that motivate you? Um, obviously helping people. Yeah. I mean, that was uh, I was doing really well for myself in DC as a government contractor, making a lot of money, and I was just miserable. And uh, but it was good money, and so it was like this golden cage that I was in, and uh, just started doing charity work on the weekends with helping my buddy out. And that's kind of how this all started. I got the feeling that I was doing something better with my life and the things we get back from individuals, like, you know, the thank you cards and pictures and everything we get back from folks is a, a real reminder of the good that we're doing out there, especially when it comes to our suicide prevention team, because that came on a little later Oh, excuse me. Uh, in our organizational history, but we are literally saving lives out there. Whereas before, you get a guy an Xbox or a PlayStation, and they're like, "Hey, this is great, awesome, thank you, I feel better." And it's one of those uh, characteristics for fighting suicide is you know obviously hot you know raise morale, uh, uh, sense of connectedness through online gaming or playing with others or you know just the distraction, keeping people alive for another day, you know, it's something to get them motivated and excited. Um, but actually having our suicide prevention team and having them talk people off ledges, literally uh, we've had thank you messages from people who are like, I was going to kill myself. And you said your organization saved my life. And it's like, you can't beat that. Like that's as good as it gets, you know, as far as a non-monetary thank you, like that's, that's real good. So the endorphin, not endorphin, but the dopamine hit that you get from something that you've created, actually helping out in this time where people just can't get enough. They need as much help as they can get free medical care, any kind of free, anything right now in this, in this economy, uh, it's it's a blessing. So anything we can do to help out is huge. So I want to ask about uh, the logo because it's it's pretty awesome. Uh, how did that come about? That was a designer's idea. So um, so Stack Up. It's it's tied into the the name. The organization name Stack Up. Stack a stack is a um, a military formation. And it's whenever you see a police unit or a SWAT unit line up on a door and they're getting ready to breach and enter, uh, that's called a stack. And that's anytime somebody's ready, getting ready to do uh, close quarters, uh, you know, kicking doors in. And the thing in the U is a that is a non-lethal explosive device called a flashbang grenade. And so the idea is is you know an element will stack up, stack up on a door. That's the command is all right. We stack up on this door. So you stack on a door. Your one man tries the door. It, they start messing around with it. Two men, like they usually are the breaching element. Two man has a, a flashbang in hand. 
One man opens a door, two man throws the flashbang in and then waits, waits for it to explode. Everybody goes into the room and clears the room. Uh, the concept was <laughs> the, uh, the idea is it's a military uh, formation where people are coming together to do something that one of them couldn't do them by themselves. And that's what a stack is. It's like coming together to do good as a charity. And that's in essence where the name of the organization came from. That's kind of where the logo came from. You can thank our graphic, our logo designer uh, on that one. Uh, and she definitely uh, did a great job with that. I still, every now and again, she'll see her work out in the wild uh, as far as, uh, and, and she'll be like, holy cow. Like it's been almost, almost we're going on a decade now, but it's, it's still out there. And it's every year, more and more flashbangs. we got people with, you know, the flashbang tattoos that you can't see it. I can't spin my, there it is there. But yeah. Uh, yeah, we have a whole bunch of those out in the wild now. And uh, yeah, it's good stuff. 